Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the morning section of the November 15th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host, and we're going to get together this morning for the morning section as we usually do. And we're going to take in some Puritan prayers, um, the morning devotion from Spurgeon's morning and evening, and some text, a good bit of text. What do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six seven chapters to read this morning. Um, so <laughs> let's go ahead and jump in and get going um, since we got a lot to get through. All right. So we're going to open with the third day morning prayer. It's called God creator and controller. Most high God, the universe with all its myriad creatures is thine made by thy word, upheld by thy power, governed by thy will. But thou art also the father of mercies, the God of all grace, the bestower of all comfort, the protector of the saved. Thou hast been mindful of us, hast visited us, preserved us, given us a goodly heritage, the holy scriptures, the joyful gospel, the savior of souls. We come to thee in Jesus' name, make mention of his righteousness only, plead his obedience and sufferings, who magnified the law both in its precepts and penalty, and made it honorable. May we be justified by his blood, saved by his life, joined to his spirit, let us take up his cross and follow him. May the agency of thy grace prepare us for thy dispensations. Make us willing that thou shouldst choose our inheritance and determine what we shall retain or lose, suffer or enjoy. If blessed with prosperity, may we be free from its snares and use not abuse its advantages. May we patiently and cheerfully submit to those afflictions which are necessary. When we are tempted to wander, hedge up our way, excite in us abhorrence of sin sorry wean us from the present evil word world excuse me assure us that we shall at last enter emmanuel's land where none is ever sick and the sun will always shine amen all right our morning devotion for november 15th the text is deuteronomy 32 9 the lord's portion is his people how are they his by his own sovereign choice he chose them and set his love upon them. This he did altogether apart from any goodness in them at the time, or any goodness which he foresaw in them. He had mercy on whom he would have mercy, and ordained a chosen company unto eternal life. Thus, therefore, are they his by his unconstrained election. They are not only his by choice, but by purchase. He has bought and paid for them to the utmost farthing. Hence, about his title there can be no dispute not with corruptible things, as with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's portion has been fully redeemed. There is no mortgage on his estate. No suits can be raised by opposing claimants. The price was paid in open court, and the church is the Lord's freehold forever. See the blood mark upon all the chosen, 
and visible to human eye, but known to Christ. For the Lord knoweth them that are his. He forgetteth none of those whom he has redeemed from among men. He counts the sheep for whom he laid down his life, and remembers well the church for which he gave himself. They are also his by conquest. What a battle he had in us before we would be won. How long he laid siege to our hearts. How often he sent us terms of capitulation. But we barred our gates and fenced our walls against him. Do we not remember that glorious hour when he carried our hearts by storm, when he placed his cross against the wall and scaled our ramparts, planting on our strongholds the blood-red flag of his omnipotent mercy? Yes, we are, indeed, the conquered captives of his omnipotent love. Thus chosen, purchased, and subdued, the rights of our divine possessor are inalienable. We rejoice that we never can be our own, and we desire day by day to do his will and to show forth his glory. Amen. All right, our scripture reading for today. So let's see. So the seven chapters we're going to go through is First Chronicles 5 and 6, Hebrews 10, Amos 4, and then Psalm 148, 149, and 150. All right, so First Chronicles 5. 1 Chronicles 5. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but because he profaned his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, so that he is not recorded in the genealogy according to the birthright. Though Judah prevailed over his brothers, and from him came the ruler, yet the birthright belonged to Joseph. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, were Hanok and Palu, Hezron and Carmi. The sons of Joel were Shemaiah his son, Gog his son, Shemi his son, Micah his son, Reaiah his son, Baal his son, Bera his son, whom Tig- Tilgath-Pilneser, king of Assyria, took away into exile. He was leader of the Reubenites. His relatives by their families and the genealogy of their generations were Jael, the chief, then Zechariah, and Bela, the son of Azaz, the son of Shema, the son of Joel, who lived in Aror, even to Nebo and Baal-Meon. To the east he lived as far as the entrance of the wilderness from the river Euphrates, because their cattle had increased in the land of Gilead. In the days of Saul they made war with the Hagrites, and they fell by their hand, so they lived in their tents throughout all the land east of Gilead. Now the sons of Gad lived opposite them in the land of Bashan as far as Seleka. Joel was the chief, and Shaphan the second, then Janai and Shaphat in Bashan. Their relatives of their father's households were Michael, Meshulam, Sheba, Jorai, Jakan, Zia, and Eber, seven. These were the sons of Abihail, the son of Huri, the son of Jeroah, the son of Gilead, the son of Michael, the son of Jehishai, and the son of Jado, the son of Buzz. Ahi, the son of Abdiel, the son of Guni, was head of their father's households. They lived in Gilead, in Bashan, and in, t- in its towns, and in all the pasture lands of Sharon, as far as their borders. All of these were recorded in the genealogies in the days of Jotham, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, king of Israel. The sons of Reuben and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, consisting of men of valor, men who bore shield and sword and shot with bow, and were learned in the ways of battle, were 44,760 who went out for military duty. They made war against the Hagrites, Jeter, Naphish, and Nodab. They were helped against them and the Hagrites and all, 
Hagrites and all who were with them were given into their hand, for they cried out to God in the battle, and he was moved by their entreaty because they trusted in him. They took captive their cattle, their 50,000 camels, 250,000 sheep, 2,000 donkeys, and 100,000 men. For many fell slain because the war was of God, and they lived in their place until the exile. Now the sons of the half-tribe of Manasseh lived in the land from Bashan to Baal-Hermon, and Sanir and Mount Hermon they were numerous. These were the heads of their father's households, even Ephor, Ishi, Eliel, Azriel, Jeremiah, Hodavia, and Jadiel, mighty men of valor, men of renown, heads of their father's households. But they acted unfaithfully against the God of their fathers, and played the harlot after the gods of the peoples of the land whom God had destroyed before them. So the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pul, king of Assyria, even the spirit of Tilgath-Pilneser, king of Assyria, and he took them away into exile, namely the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and brought them to Hala, Habor, Hara, and to the river of Gozan to this day. And First Chronicles 6, a oh, lot of names, here we go. The sons of Levi, Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Kohath were Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel. The children of Amram were Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. And the sons of Aaron were Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Eleazar became the father of Phineas, and Phineas became the father of Abishua. And Abishua became the father of Buki. And Buki became the father of Uzi, and Uzi became the father of Zerahiah, and Zerahiah became the father of Meriath. Meriath became the father of Amariah, and Amariah became the father of Ahitub, and Ahitub became the father of Zadok, and Zadok became the father of Ahimaz, and Ahimaz became the father of Azariah, and Azariah became the father of Johanan, and Johanan became the father of Azariah. It was he who ministered as the priest in the house which Solomon built in Jerusalem. And Azariah became the father of Amariah, and Amariah became the father of Ahitub, and Ahitub became the father of Zadok, and Zadok became the father of Shalom, and Shalom became the father of Hilkiah, and Hilkiah became the father of Azariah, and Azariah became the father of Sarahiah, and Sarahiah became the father of Jehozadak, and Jehozadak went along with Yahweh, went along when Yahweh took Judah and Jerusalem away into exile by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. The sons of Levi were Gershom, Kohath, and Merari. These are the names of the sons of Gershom, Libni and Shemi. The sons of Kohath were Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. The sons of Merari were Mali and Mushi. And these are the families of the Levites according to their father's households. Of Gershom, <clears throat> Libni his son, Jahath his son, Zima his son, Joah his son, Edo his son, Zerah his son, Jathari his son. The sons of Kohath were Aminadab his son, Korah his son, Asir his son, Elkanah his son, Abiasaph his son, and Asir his son, Tehath his son, Uriel his son, Uzziah his son, and Shaul his son. The sons of Elkanah were Amasai and Ahimoth. As for Elkanah, the sons of Elkanah were Zophai his son, and Nahath his son, Eliab his son, Jeroham his son, Elkanah his son, 
The sons of Samuel were Joel, the firstborn, and Abiha, the second. The sons of Merari were Mali, Libni, his son, Shemi, his son, Uzzah, his son, Shemiah, his son, Agiah, his son, Asaiah, his son. Now these are those whom David caused to stand over the service of songs in the house of Yahweh after the ark rested there. And they ministered with song before the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, until Solomon had built the house of Yahweh in Jerusalem, and they stood for their service according to their custom. These are those who stood for service with their sons. From the son of the Kohathites were Heman the singer, the son of Joel, the son of Samuel, the son of Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Eliel, the son of Toa, the son of Zuf, the son of Elkanah, the son of Mahath, the son of Amasai, the son of Elkanah, the son of Joel, the son of Azariah, the son of Zephaniah, the son of Tehath, the son of Asir, the son of Abiasaph, the son of Korah, the son of Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, the son of Israel. Heman's brother Asaph stood at his right hand, even Asaph, the son of Berechiah, the son of Shemiah, the son of Michael, the son of Besaiah, the son of Malchijah, the son of Ethni, the son of Zerah, the son of Adaiah, the son of Ethan, the son of Zima, the son of Shemi, the son of Jehath, the son of Gershom, the son of Levi. On the left hand were their relatives, the sons of Merari, Ethan, the son of Kishi, the son of Abdi, the son of Maluk, the son of Hashabiah, the son of Amaziah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Amzi, the son of Bani, the son of Shimmer, the son of Mali, the son of Mushi, the son of Merari, the son of Levi. Their relatives, the Levites, were given over unto all the service of the tabernacle of the house of God. But Aaron and his sons offered offerings up in smoke on the altar of burnt offering, and on the altar of incense, for all the work of the Holy of Holies, and to make atonement for Israel, according to all that Moses the servant of God had commanded. These are the sons of Aaron. <clears throat> Eleazar his son, Phineas his son, yet Phineas his son, Abishua his son, Buki his son, Uzi his son, Zerahiah his son, Meraiath his son, Amariah his son, Ahitub his son, Zadok his son, Ahimaz his son. Now these are their settlements according to their camps within their borders. To the sons of Aaron of the families of the Kohathites, for the lot was theirs first. To them they gave Hebron in the land of Judah, with its pasture lands all around it. But the fields of the city and its villages they gave to Caleb the son of Jephunneh. To the sons of Aaron they gave the following cities of refuge, Hebron, Libna, also with its pasture lands, Jatir, Eshtemoa, with its pasture lands, Hillen, with its pasture lands, Debir, with its pasture lands, Ashan, with its pasture lands, and Beth Shemesh, with its pasture lands. From the tribe of Benjamin, Jeba, with its pasture lands, Alameth, with its pasture, pasture lands, and Anathoth, with its pasture lands. All their cities throughout their families were thirteen cities. Now to the rest of the sons of, the, of Kohath were given by Lot from the family of the tribe, from the half-tribe, the ha half of Manasseh, ten cities. And to the sons of Gershom, according to their families, were given from the tribe of Issachar, and from the tribe of Asher, the tribe of Naphtali, and the tribe of Manasseh, thirteen cities in Bashan. To the sons of Merari were given by Lot, according to their families, from the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the tribe of Zebulon, twelve cities. So the sons of Israel gave to the Levites the cities with their pasture lands. 
They also gave by lot from the tribe of the sons of Judah, the tribe of the sons of Simeon, and the tribe of the sons of Benjamin, these cities which are mentioned here by name. Now some of the families of the sons of Kohath had cities of their territory from the tribe of Ephraim, and they gave to them the following cities of refuge, Shishim with its pasture lands in the hill country of Ephraim, and Gezer with its pasture lands, Jokmeam with its pasture lands, Beth Horon with its pasture lands, Aijalon with its pasture lands, and Gathrimon with its pasture lands, and from the half tribe of Manasseh, Ener with its pasture lands, and Belim with its pasture lands. For the family of the rest of the sons of Kohath, to the sons of Gershom were given from the family of the half tribe of Manasseh, Golan and Bashan with its pasture lands, and Ashtaroth with its pasture lands, and from the tribe of Issachar, Kadesh with its pasture lands, Debirath with its pasture lands, and Ramoth with its pasture lands, Anim with its pasture lands, and from the tribe of Asher, Mashal with its pasture lands, Abdon with its pasture lands, Hukok with its pasture lands, and Rahab with its pasture lands, and from the tribe of Naphtali, Kadesh in Galilee with its pasture lands, Haman with its pasture lands, and Kiriathame with its pasture lands. To the sons of Merari, the rest of the Levites were given from the tribe of Zebulun, Ramono with its pasture lands, Tabor with its pasture lands, and beyond the Jordan at Jericho on the east side of the Jordan were given them from the tribe of Reuben, Bezer in the wilderness with its pasture lands, Jazah with its pasture lands, Kedemoth with its pasture lands, and Mephath with its pasture lands, and from the tribe of Gad, Ramoth and Gilead with its pasture lands, Mahanaim with its pasture lands, Heshbon with its pasture lands, and Jazer with its pasture lands. All right, Hebrews 10. For the law, since it has only a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very form of things, can never, by the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise would they not have ceased to be offered, because the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have consciousness of sins. But in in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins year by year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, To do your will, O God. After saying above, Sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have not desired, nor have you taken pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time until his enemies are put as a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws upon their heart and on their mind. I will write them. He then says, And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where, there, now where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brothers, 
since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy by the mouth of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded as defiled the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But remember the former days, when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and afflictions, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you also showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted with joy the seizure of your possessions, knowing that you have for yourselves a better and lasting possession. Therefore, do not throw away that confidence of yours, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteousness shall live by faith, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. All right. Amos 4. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to their husbands, Bring now that we may drink. Lord Yahweh has sworn by his holiness that, Behold, the days are coming upon you, and they will take you away with meat hooks, and the last of you with fish hooks, and you will go out through breaches in the walls each one straight before her, and you will be cast to Harmon, declares Yahweh. Enter Bethel and transgress. In Gilgal, multiply transgression. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three days, and offer a thank offering also from that which is leavened, and call for freewill offerings. Cause them to be heard about, for so you love to do, you sons of Israel, declares Lord Yahweh. But I gave you also cleanness of teeth in all your cities, and lack of bread in all your places. Yet you have not returned to me, declares Yahweh. And I also withheld the rain from you, while there were still three months until harvest. Then I would send rain on one city, and on another city I would not send rain. One portion would be rained on, while the portion not rained on would dry up. So two or three cities would wander around to another city to drink water, but would not be satisfied. Yet you have not returned to me, declares Yahweh. I struck you with scorching wind and mildew, and the gnawing locust was devouring. Your many gardens and vineyard was devouring your many gar- yarn- gardens and vineyards, 
fig trees, and olive trees. Yet you have not returned to me, declares Yahweh. I sent a pestilence among you after the manner of Egypt. I killed your choice men by the sword along with your captured horses, and I made the stench of your camp rise up even in your nostrils. Yet you have not returned to me, declares Yahweh. I overthrew you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were like a firebrand delivered from a blaze. Yet you have not returned to me, declares Yahweh. Therefore thus I will do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you. Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. For behold, he who forms mountains and creates the wind and declares to man what are his thoughts, he who makes dawn into gloom and treads on the high places of the earth, Yahweh God of hosts is his name. All right, Psalm 148. Praise Yah, praise Yahweh from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all stars of light. Praise him, heavens of heavens, and the waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of Yahweh, for he commanded and they were created. He caused them to stand forever and ever. He gave a statute and it will never pass away. Praise Yahweh from the earth, sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind doing his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and winged bird, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both choice men as well as virgins, the old with the young. Let them praise the name of Yahweh, for his name alone is set on high. His splendor is above earth and heaven, and he has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his holy ones, for the sons of Israel, a people near to him. Praise Yah. Psalm 149. Praise Yah. Sing to Yahweh a new song, his praise in the assembly of the holy ones. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the sons of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. With tambourine and lyre, let them sing praises to him. For Yahweh takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the afflicted ones with salvation. Let the holy ones exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the exultation of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hand, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their honored men with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. This is the majesty of all his holy ones. Praise Yah. And Psalm 150. Praise Yah. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to the abundance of his greatness. Praise him with trumpet blast. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise Yah. Praise Yah. Amen. All right. Well, that is our reading for the morning. Um, I hope it is uh, edified and equipped you and it will help to hedge up your way as you go through your day. Um, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, we're going to do from Valley of Vision. This one is called God Enjoyed. Thou incomprehensible but prayer hearing God, known but beyond knowledge, revealed but unrevealed, my wants and welfare draw me to thee. For thou hast never said, Seek ye me in vain. To thee I come in my difficulties, necessities, distresses. Possess me with my, thyself. 
with a spirit of grace and supplication, with a prayerful attitude of mind, with access into warmth of fellowship, so that in the ordinary concerns of life my thoughts and desires may rise to thee, and in habitual devotion I may find a resource that will soothe my sorrows, sanctify my successes, and qualify me in all ways for dealings with my fellow men. I bless thee that thou hast made me capable of knowing thee, the author of all being, of resembling thee, the perfection of all excellency, of enjoying thee, the source of all happiness. O God, attend me in every part of my arduous and trying pilgrimage. I need the same counsel, defense, comfort I found at my beginning. Let my religion be more obvious to my conscience, more perceptible to those around, while Jesus is representing me in heaven, may I, ref may I reflect him on earth. While he pleads my cause, may I show forth his praise. Continue the gentleness of my, thy goodness towards me, and whether I wake or sleep, let thy presence go with me. Thy blessing attend me. Thou hast led me on, and I have found thee. Promises, I'm sorry, and I have found thy promises true. I have been sorrowful, but thou hast been my help. Fearful, but thou hast delivered me. Despairing, but thou hast lifted me up. Thy vows are ever upon me, and I praise thee, O God. Amen. All right. I hope you go on to have a wonderful day. And as I tell you every episode, go out there and do every, every little thing you do to the glory of God. God bless. Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good evening and welcome to the evening portion of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast of the, I should say, of the November 15th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I continue to be Wayne Floyd, your host, and let's jump straight into it. Um, got a, got a, hopefully a, a message I can fit within the reasonable amount of time um, for, for this block of time, but we're going to go ahead and open in prayer. Um, it, where the prayer from Valley of Vision is called Truth in Jesus. Life-giving God, quicken me to call upon thy name, for my mind is ignorant, my thoughts vagrant, my affections earthly, my heart unbelieving, and only thy spirit can help my infirmities. I approach thee as father and friend, my portion forever, my exceeding joy, my strength of heart. I believe in thee as the God of nature, the ordainer of providence, the sender of Jesus my Savior. My guilty fears discourage and approach to thee, but I praise thee for the blessed news that Jesus reconciles thee to me. May the truth that is in him illuminate in me all that is dark, establish in me all that is wavering, comfort in me all that is wretched, accomplish in me all that is of thy goodness, and glorify in me the name of Jesus. 
I pass through a veil of tears, but bless thee for the opening gate of glory at its end. Enable me to realize as mine the better heavenly country. Prepare me for every part of my pilgrimage. Uphold my steps by thy word. Let no iniquity dominate me. Teach me that Christ cannot be the way if I am the end, that he cannot be Redeemer if I am my own Savior, that there can be no true union with him while the creature has my heart, that faith accepts him as Redeemer and Lord or not at all. Amen. All right, in the evening devotion for from Spurgeon's evening or morning and evening for November 15th, the text is Psalm 68, 28. Strengthen, O God, that which though that which thou hast wrought for us. It is our wisdom, as well as our necessity, to beseech God continually to strengthen that which he has wrought in us. It is because of, of their neglect in this that many Christians may blame themselves for those trials and afflictions of spirit which arise from unbelief. It is true that Satan seeks to flood the fair garden of the heart and make it a scene of desolation. But it is also true that many Christians leave open the sluice gates themselves and let in the dreadful deluge through carelessness and want of prayer to their strong helper. We often forget that the author of our faith must be the preserver of it also. The lamp which was burning in the temple was never allowed to go out, but it had to be daily replenished with fresh oil in like manner. Our faith can only live by being sustained with the oil of grace, and we can only obtain this from God himself. Foolish virgins we shall prove if we do not secure the needed sustenance for our lamps. He who built the world upholds it, or it would fall in one tremendous crash. He who made us Christians must maintain us by his Spirit, or our ruin will be speedy and final. Let us then, evening by evening, go to our Lord for the grace and strength we need. We have a strong argument to plead, for it is his own work of grace which we ask him to strengthen, that which thou hast wrought for us. Think you he will fail to protect and sustain that? Only let your faith take hold of his strength, and all the powers of darkness, let on by the master, fiend of hell, cannot let on by the master, fiend of hell, cannot cast a cloud or shadow over your joy and peace. Why faint when you may be strong? Why suffer defeat when you may conquer? Oh, take your wavering faith and drooping graces to him who can revive and replenish them, and earnestly pray. Strengthen, O God, that which thou hast wrought for us. All right. So we're continuing on in our study of Ephesians and Ephesians 5. And I'm going to take a quick drink. Sorry, I needed that water. Um, so again, we're, we're continuing on in that study. And as I've said before, we've, we've gone through all the different walks. And built up to this walk of spirit. And so as I said, there are three consequences or three characteristics of somebody that is filled to overflowing with the spirit that is truly walking in the spirit. And so we dealt with the first one that we saw in verse 19, the speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. And we talked about that last evening. So this evening, God is blessed that we are able to come back and keep on going on. We, we come to the next verse, verse 20. So I'll go ahead and read that to you. Ephesians 5, verse 20. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. 
it doesn't say sometimes. It doesn't say every once in a while. It says always giving thanks. And it gets even, it's an even sterner command for all things, not some things, not most things, not only the good things, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the father. The person who is walking full of the spirit will be continuously thankful and it will overflow in all things. Again, this is this is a consequence of being filled with it. It is a characteristic of that person that they're singing and making melody and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and that they're always giving thanks for all things, all things. And I know in this crazy world we live in, it's very easy not to be thankful, but we must. And again, we so it becomes hard because we think we deserve better. But let's be absolutely clear. We deserve absolutely nothing. Um, Paul's pretty clear about that. Romans 3. I'm going to start in verse 9. Yeah, start in verse 9. And this is, Paul goes into this diatribe. But again, he's actually quoting from the Old Testament. But he goes into this. Verse 9, Romans 3, verse 9. What then? Are we better? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. Basically saying the whole world, everybody is under sin. Jews and Greeks. It's basically the Jews and the Greeks means everybody else. So he goes on in verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. None righteous, okay? There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. Again, that one's hard for folks, but there's none who seeks from, for God. We don't seek for God outside of the grace of God. Again, verse 12, all have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. There is none who does good. None. None who does good. There is not even one. It goes on, their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Outside of the grace of God, outside of of, of a saving faith in Christ that was given to us through grace, as a gift, that's us which means we are all deserving of death and death only. Were it not for the grace of God, was it, were it not for the gift of Jesus Christ, of his life, death, and resurrection, him laying his life down and then picking it back up, but is paying the price for you and me. We deserve death, period. We all do. But like I said, God gave his only begotten son If that's the case, no matter what else is going on, how can we be anything but thankful for everything else? Because none of it rises above the fact that you and I are saved. None of it rises above that fact, no matter how bad it is. We should be thankful always for this and for all we go through. If we are truly saved, then we know. I mean, Christ said it himself to the disciples. You're going to face trials because I do. Well, that was to us as well. We're going to face trials. And believe me, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better here. And I'm not talking just because of your faith. We're in a fallen world. And, And if you don't 
you don't see it. And I, I'm, you know, and Pastor Jay may correct me on this, but I, I truly believe that God has been pulling back the veil of common grace. And so the, the pretty faces are coming off and the ugliness is coming out across the world. But we are to be thankful even in that, because even in that we are refined, even in that our sanctification grows, even in that we bear witness to a loving God and a loving Christ. And I've got two examples for you. One is personal and one is not, but let's, let's go to Acts first. Let's look in the scriptures first. So Acts 16, and I brought this up last night talking about the singing, but think back about it. So Acts 16, verse 20, and this is Paul and Silas. Okay. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews and are proclaiming customs that are not lawful for us to accept or to observe being Romans and the crown crowd joined together to attack them and the chief magistrates tearing their garments off of them proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods and when they had inflicted them with many wounds they threw them into prison commanding the jailer to guard them securely who having received such a command threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks but about midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to god and the prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the jailhouse were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. Okay, so, you know, last night we were talking about the singing for the singing's sake, this, the praying and singing hymns of praise. But we gotta, we gotta really look at this. Paul and Silas were jailed illegally. They were beaten and wounded they were thrown into the inner prison. And if, if, if you've done any kind of research into this, this inner prison was the nastiest, most disgusting, most damp, most grungy, um, most unpleasant. I mean, and unpleasant is a way big understatement place to be. Nobody wanted to be there. They're wounded, they're hurt. And then their feet are put in the stocks. If you don't know what the stocks are, basically their feet are locked up where they can't move. And in a lot of cases, the way they did them, locked them in the stocks so they had to stand. They were nowhere near a wall so they could lean. Basically, them being stuck in the stocks put them in the most uncomfortable position they could be in. They couldn't lay down. They couldn't, they couldn't sit down. They couldn't lean against anything. None of that. And they're already in pain. Yet in the middle of that, you catch them at midnight praying and singing hymns of praise. Hymns of praise. They're saying thank you to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. They were being witnesses to God, even in that place. And believe me, Paul's going to go into even worse and be just as grateful and thankful as he goes through, even to the end. He's sitting there witnessing to the Roman guards, still bearing the light of Christ to the world and showing his thanks. So if Paul can do that there, as bad as it gets for us, and don't get me wrong, I don't know what you've been through, but I'd imagine it's been pretty tough. Um, that's true for most of us. If it hasn't, good for you. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. But it will be. It's coming. Um, it's coming in this world. Um, and, it, and it comes just from life. 
things can get tough, very tough. Um, and I've got my own personal testimony about that. Um, 2011 and our family as known as the worst year we've ever had. Okay. My father, um, 10 years before that went in for regular toe surgery. Um, he's ha- was having arthritic changes. Um, so they had to put some pins in his toes. Well, unfortunately they also put a, a catheter in his chest, um, to take in antibiotics and the catheter was contaminated. And my father ended up with a staph infection throughout his whole body and he was paralyzed and he became a, a limited, what was called a limited quadriplegic. Um, he had some use of his hands. Um, they had told him he'd never walk again. And my, my dad doesn't, my father didn't know the word. No. Um, he got up to the point he was walking again, not, not, not even with a walker and all that. But as it got later, you know, in that 10 year period, he ended up back in the chair. Things would come along. So during that year, my mom, towards the beginning of it, this is the end of 2010, near the end of 2010, my mom takes a header over a chair and really hurts her back. So we hit some times through the end of 2010 and the beginning of 2011, four to five different times. I think it was five, but it may have only been four times. I had to fly back to care for my father, who is now back in the chair. And while, you know, he, he's got some use of his hands and can maneuver himself down in a around in a powered chair, but he can't get himself on and off the potty. He cannot get himself in and out of the bed. Um, you know, any number of things like that. Um, and so my mother, who's a trained physical therapist has been carried for caring for him, even though she's very, very small. Um, my mom's like five foot, nothing, maybe even four foot, nothing. Um, but she's been caring for him, but her back, it's just tearing her back up. So I go back to watch him so she can get treatment during those times. She's taking specific kinds of shots and stuff like that. Um, so I'm going back and forth to tend him. If you know anything about me, that kind of situation really gets me not, not caring for people, but when I've got absolutely no control over what's going on like that, which most of us don't in throughout life, but we don't realize it. We want to believe otherwise. Um, you know, at night was the only piece I had. And don't get me wrong. I loved being around my father. It wasn't that, but was the only piece I had the only time that I hopefully didn't have to worry that I was going to have to care, care for my father. Cause I was very afraid that I was going to do something wrong and hurt him or whatever, because I'm not trained as a physical therapist. Now my mother did a very good job of training me how to move him and transfer him. So I was able to do it smartly without using bulk muscle. Um, so that was great. I, I, we actually did, did well, but it still left me on edge. So I, I didn't sleep well while I was there. And I actually had to sit there with like a baby monitor listening. So if he needed me in the middle of the night, I could come respond because my mother could not while she was doing those treatments. So they were not good weeks. I mean, it was great getting to be with he and my mother who were 2000 miles away, away from where I was living, but with my family, but I was very grateful to get to go back home, no matter what was going on at home. But so four to five different trips bled every bit of paid leave off I had. In between a couple of those, my wife falls down our staircase in our house. 
and gets multiple fractures in her back, fractures that still have not healed and will never heal. In the treatment of that and the loading up on pain relievers they gave her, we end up with diverticulitis. So ends up in the hospital with diverticulitis. And in that year or between before that year, that year, and after that year, we had a bunch of old dogs, the older dogs that, that were ours. And we put down four of them for, I think it was four of them total over the time. And then eventually we hit September of 2011 and my, my father just, he had had to have surgery for a, for a bed sore and his body just couldn't recover and we lost him. So you can see why my family considers that one of our worst years. But honestly, I gave thanks through that time. Many at many a points through there, I gave thanks. And I'm not saying that to go here, pat me on the back, but that was a time where I needed to be giving thanks because even though I lost my father and I loved my father dearly, he, he is, he is the human I try to model myself after because he modeled himself after Christ. But I knew where my father was going. And I knew that my father and I had said all we needed to say to each other through those times. I got to spend time with my father as an adult that I had not had in decades. And we had conversations that I'd never even thought we would have. And that's why I know where he is. And that's why it was worth every bit of that. With Tara coming down the stairs, breaking her back. It finally just forced us for her to come out of the work for, workforce for good. And for her to finally come home and do what she felt she was called to do by God. And it brought our relationship closer. We saw our sons in trying to care for their mother and trying to help me. Um, in one case, one of them flew with me on one of the times to go try to help my father. We saw characteristics come out in our sons that we had not really ever seen but that so blessed us and blessed those around us and have manifested more and more over the years. We were blessed in that year, as terrible as it all sounded. We were blessed in that year. And there were many times through that year, even in the worst of it, where I could not help but turn. And as young as I was still in my walk and my Christian walk, could not help but turn and thank God for what was going on. And it sounds crazy, but think of Paul and Silas in the jail with everything going on. And they were singing hymns of praise with what happened to us through 2010, 2011, and in 2012. But I couldn't help but praise God. I mean, I couldn't help myself, but that's where we have to be. I mean, we're commanded this in Ephesians 5.20. That we are all to be always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. We're commanded it. But if we are truly Christians and thus truly spirit-filled, that thanks should constantly overflow from us, no matter what the situation is. And it doesn't. I mean, as much as maybe I did okay during 2011 being thankful, there's been many a time since then which were probably less stressful and less worse situations where I've not been thankful, where you could not look at me 
until I was a Christian because I had that, oh, woe is me, hangdog Eeyore type look instead of being thankful even in the worst of it. But if we're truly spirit-filled, we're not, we shouldn't be able to help ourselves. We should be truly so spirit-filled and so focused on the fact that we know what is happening for us is for our good, for our spiritual good. It may stink physically. And you and I both know what that's like. And as crazy as this world is getting day by day, we look around and go, what is there to be thankful for? You know what? Christ is our Lord and Savior. That's all we need. To jump up and down, to hit our knees, to throw our hands high and praise to a loving God that sent his son for our salvation. Do we need any more? Do we really? I mean, it it gets bad. And I'm not saying don't struggle with that. Believe me, I do because I struggle with it. But if we're truly walking in the spirit, if we are truly be being, I kept saying that from um, verse 18, um, the be being filled with the spirit, be being filled to overflowing with the spirit, then it should overflow. That thankfulness should overflow. Those around us should be able to see it and wonder where that comes from. And what an awesome witness for our father. And what an awesome witness for our adopted brother, for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If in spite of this, the crazy, crazy world we're in, in everything that's going on around us and and to us, that we don't look like this world, that we are thankful. We're always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you and I need to always give thanks for all things, no matter what it is, because we are, we are blessed, no matter what's going on in our lives, we are blessed beyond anything we will ever deserve. All right, let's go ahead and close in prayer. We're going to close with the third, third day evening prayer. It's called Before Sleep. God of all sovereignty, thy greatness is unsearchable, thy name most excellent, thy glory above the heavens. Ten thousand minister to thee, ten thousand times ten thousand stand before thee. In thy awful presence we are less than nothing. We do not approach thee because we deserve thy notice, for we are sinners. Our necessities compel us, thy promises encourage us, our broken hearts incite us, the mediator draws us. Thy acceptance of others moves us. Look thou upon us and be merciful unto us. Convince us of the penalty and pollution of sin. Give us faith to believe and believing to have life in Jesus. May we enter into his suffering. Let us see thy hand and the instruments of our grief, rejoicing that they are from thy overruling providence. Let not our weeping hinder sowing, nor sorrow duty. While living in the in a world of change, let us seek the abiding city. Be with us to our journey's end, that we may glorify thee in death as in life. We bless thee for preservation, supplies, 
mercies, and to thee, keeper of souls, we commit all we are and have. May no evil befall us, no sickness come nigh us, no horror disturb us. May our conscience be clear, our hearts pure, our sleep sweet, and with the innumerable company who neither slumber nor rest, we join in ascribing blessing, honor, glory, and power to the Lamb upon the throne forever and ever. Amen. All right. I hope you have a nice night of sleep. I hope you've had a good day. Um, I hope that you've actually walked in your day where you've done all for the glory of God. And God willing, I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless. Thank you.